0: What's going on, folks? Welcome to another edition of a Thoroughbred Teamsters podcast. I'm your host, Jay Rich from Northern California's Local 315. Uh, This episode, I was able to interview Nick Berry. He's our business agent at Local 315. Um, He's a business agent for the company I work for. And and I was able to discuss with him what, you know, the role he serves as a business agent. Um, Not everyone may know what a business agent does. Uh, as a shop steward, he's the one I report to when the issues at our center kind of go above and beyond what I can handle as a steward. Um, you know, we discuss what what, what his role is, a um, little bit of his history, and, and, you know, some of the issues that, that you know, we face as a union. Um, you know, it's a really good interview. We, we cap it off with some advice to, to the new young folks and check it out. So here it is. So right now I'm uh, sitting here with Nick Berry, a local 315 business agent for the company I work for. Um, and we're just going to kind of talk about what, what he does, you know, as a business agent, his role, um, you know, a little bit about him just to help you understand more of what a business agent does. Uh, thanks for joining me, Nick. You're welcome. And uh, you know let's just start it off with you know how 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 did you first become a Teamster and how long have you been a Teamster? So I first became a Teamster in 1997.
1: I was a part-timer, started off as a part-timer and I found out about the job at the community college I was attending. And I thought it'd be a good fit while I was attending school. I could work in the night and have a decent job to work with my school schedule.
0: Part-time you said? Part-time. Did you join after the strike? or?
1: Yeah, after? I was one of the first people they hired after the labor dispute in 1997 and it was interesting because we were actually studying economics and we were talking a lot about the labor dispute and how much of an impact that strike had on the economy at the time. And then I ended up going to work for them.
0: Yeah. Alright, alright. Uh, probably maybe do a little podcast episode on, on the 1997 strike later down the road. Um, just a little bit of Company history. Um, all right, so so you're a business agent. You became a business agent when? Um, I was elected
1: by the members of our local in 2013. And I started this job January of
0: 2014. 2014. So so about uh, the the membership now total membership. I believe we have 51 about 5100. Correct. And out of the 5100. How many members do you represent? Currently, my member count is a little bit north of eleven hundred members. Eleven hundred members, and the your range of of area, your your coverage of region. So my coverage of region,
1: um, I have four different companies that I represent currently, with a proc I've got eight locations, um, and that ranges all the way down to uh, parts of Alameda County, a small little unit that's a subunit in San Jose and then I have uh, various um, UPS locations throughout Contra
0: Costa County that I represent. Okay, um, and, and as a business agent, what, what are some of your, your duties to help people understand, you know, really what a business agent does? Um, a business agent has to wear a lot of different hats,
1: and um, the primary goal of the business agent um, in this local that, that our boss does a good job of doing is to make sure you take care of your members. First and foremost, do your best to be an advocate for your members, um, but the, the basic duties of a business agent in general are contract negotiation, grievance settling, grievance handling, dispute resolution, so anything to do with the working conditions of the people at that shop, you're their advocate, you're their liaison to the management so that they get a fair shake and they're treated fairly and they're educated on as to what their rights
0: are. Okay, okay. Uh- what what, what what are some of the challenges you faced since becoming a business agent, generally? Um, yeah, so I came
1: from a job, you know, I worked at UPS, no secret there, that was pretty much run-of-the-mill. You know, it's a difficult job physically, and it can be very stressful, um, and it can take a mental toll. But for the most part, you knew what you were getting into every single day. You know, the area could be different, but you knew what your job Monday through Friday or your set schedule was going to be to a job where anything can happen. I can I can get a phone call in the middle of the night with a discharge, any type of scenario affecting your member. And you have to be able to think on your feet and react and do what's best for that member in that situation, but also make sure that you're not gonna have an adverse effect on the entire membership by doing so. So there's a lot of precedent setting behavior you have to watch out for. You really have to think of the unit as a whole when you make decisions, and that's a challenging thing to do because sometimes people are going to be upset with the decision you may make, but it has to affect the greater good of that membership. So that's one of the immediate challenges you face as a business agent, I think, is you're never going to please everybody, but you have to act in the best interest of the whole group at all times. I mean, you have contract language, right? And so you do your best to enforce that contract. And the contract, as everyone knows, is a living and breathing document. And so sometimes there's gray areas in the contract, (laughs) sometimes there's misinterpretations. So you have to do your job, you know, as a business agent to really try to enforce that. And when a member brings a concern or a grievance, formal or informal, you need to apply it fairly and consistently. And that's a challenge because you have to keep history on it and you have to really do your best to do that. And so, first and foremost, you got to care about your membership. You got to honestly care about each and every single one of your members, and
0: make sure that you're acting accordingly. So, so moving moving forward, what do you believe are some of the the challenges the newest and or the youngest members face today? Not just at the company I work for, but as someone in a union. You know, I know this is a short podcast,
1: but I could go on for a long time on the challenges that new and younger members from my point of view is. Um, And what we've done in this local is we've had part-time seminars at UPS, which employs a lot of younger people, and our part-timers are typically younger people, to try to get that feedback. Because to be honest, I could sit here and make assumptions, and I have things that I've come to a conclusion on because we've talked to these members and we've reached out through our stewards, through site visits, through grievance handling, through just trying to reach out and reach them, whether it be social media or internet, but most importantly, in person. But as a new member, um, with the experience that I have is 20-plus years of being you know, in a union and around this union is, I think, some of the political climate that we're in. I think the lack of understanding of the importance of unions and organizations that fight on behalf of working-class men and women are the challenges they're really going to face. Is They're going to be faced with some very stringent laws that aren't going to be labor-friendly going forward. And I think unions... Um, need to accept and acknowledge that we are in a fight for our survival right now. And if unions go away, it'll be bad for everybody, except for that top one to 3% of our very wealthy elite people. The average person that you and I know, and that most people know, and the people that are listening to this are gonna know, are gonna face some severe challenges if we don't activate this younger generation and get them interested. And that's gonna be one of the challenges, is because a lot of them, in my experience, you know, don't understand they're not involved, they're too busy, or they're kind of caught up in the the me thing. And so we have a job to teach them that there's a greater good in involving we, not me. And when you come together and you fight, you can not only protect the things that your predecessors have built for you, but to continue to build and increase for yourself and provide opportunity.
0: I think one of the, the, the things I've noticed when I, when I speak with people is... I feel like I know it sounds so old but I feel like I know what's right for them and what they need but when you talk to them when I talk to them like either I'm way wrong or they just don't realize it yet um, you know I mean I, 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 I don't know how to tell a 20 year old a 21 year old this is what's better for you this is what's good for you this is what you need you know and, and maybe maybe that's I keep thinking it's a generational thing, but I think maybe it's just it's just someone who is like someone mainly people in their 20s and in, in their early 20s. I know I didn't care. All I cared about was living check to check, having fun and making money. Not until like literally I hit 30. Did I actually care about pensions, uh, health care, uh, you know, all that stuff that, you know, oh, I got a little bit more responsibility now. So I'm kind of hoping that when I talk to these 20 year olds, 20 something year olds that that's that's all it is is it just takes a little bit of maturing but i mean i, I don't know we're at a different time and age right now where that may not be the case may not but right i think i think everything you just said kind of is summed up by a saying that everyone knows
1: right it's that thing about that the thing about youth right it's it's a shame that it's spent on the young well <laughs> well you and i were both young guys when we started wherever we started in the teamsters and I'm sure we had similar points of view, right? And your life changes. when the, Your point of view on the world when you're 16 is not going to be your point of view on the world when you're 26. And vice versa when you fast forward another 10 years and everything starts to... To, to come together, you know. I think some people learn at an earlier age, some people learn at a at an older age. But it ties back to that previous question: is, is you know, when you want to be a leader, whether it's a shop steward, just a vocal proponent of your union and your contract on the shop floor, or a business agent, you got to take that mentality that if I'm not teaching, if I'm not bringing, if I'm not reaching out to these new guys to get them interested to explain to them the benefit, right? You, you can lead the horse to water, but we gotta at least be offering it in a way and really get them. And so what I used to do as a steward was talk to them and say, hey, what's your goal? Like, where do you wanna be? Like, is this a, is this a stepping stone for you to just work part time at your particular shop or do you wanna have an end game? All right, do you wanna be able to retire someday? Do you know how to retire? Like, and, and you, you'll get blown off a lot. You know, a lot of the kids will kind of shake you off or the younger folks will shake you off. But then every now and then you kind of get that guy or gal that wants to listen and wants to, and wants to get it. And then that's where you talk. And, you know, and you got to keep talking about it. Just because you feel that people aren't listening or maybe they're not understanding it, you can't take that information away. It's us stuff to try different angles, right? Because you know it's important. You've lived it. You've seen the benefit of being a union member firsthand you've seen it as a steward, now you're seeing it as a person who's becoming more active in the local, that there's a legitimate benefit to that person to belong to a union, whether it's a grievance procedure, benefits, the pay, job protection, your ability to have a voice where you can say, I don't agree with you and have a a remedy and a process in place to get to that remedy Whereas if you don't have a labor union, your voice is seldomly heard unless that management likes you for one reason or another, whether it's favoritism, you're a good employee, or anywhere in between. With a union contract, you have a voice. It's just up to you to exercise it. Whether you're brand new, just made your your probation, or whether you've been there 35 years, you all have a voice, and they're all equally important. And that's how you gotta reach out to the new people in my thing. But get involved. You know, the advice straight up for a new member is get involved. Ask that steward questions. Ask that person who's been on your job, particular job site 15, 20 years, hey, you know, you've been here 15, 20 years, what what's keeping here? Right? Not have enough. those type of conversations to see and, and just be be involved. And we you know we have monthly membership meetings. We have a lot of events. We've we've really done our best to keep this local to really not keep but to start this local in a progressive area and keep it going that way and that only happens with employee or I'm sorry with member volunteers. And if we don't get them excited about it, right, to to get involved, it's going to fall on someone else's shoulders. I'm not going to be here forever. I'll be here as long as the members want me to stay and help. But, you know, I've been here 20 and in another 20 I probably won't. But the thing is is to be constantly grooming. I guess is the, is the key word to use, teaching, grooming, reaching out to them, and it is frustrating, but if you don't, if you don't have that olive branch, if you're not extending that hand, if you're not introducing yourself as a steward or as a vocal guy or as a senior guy or gal on that job site, you're ultimately doing yourself a disservice too because you know there's a power in it. It's called a brotherhood for a reason. And like I said, there's no secret that unions are in a state of trouble in this country. It is. And if, if you say anything other than that, you're hiding from it. And I think you've got to face reality that unions are in trouble. So if we're in trouble, what do we do? We need to stop, rethink our strategy, really reorganize, get our younger people involved and active, and, and take it head on. You can't just hide and put your head in the sand and expect things to get better.
0: I think... Uh with, with, with a lot of the, the vets, it's, it's my observance that recently a lot of the vets veterans haven't been able, for whatever reason, passing down the information to the newer people. Um, it's just what I've witnessed. It's my opinion. I, I can't state this for a fact. I can't state what happens in other centers. But but if there are any veterans listening to this, continue. If you're not giving back to those low seniority, to those new people in the door, start. Start. Um, Absolutely. Com- coming from, I remember, I remember conversations I've had with veterans when I was in my 20s and I thought I didn't care about nothing other than partying and, and my next paycheck. There are still things that ring in my head from people, from like the briefest conversations, the briefest tips they got about don't skip your breaks, uh, find your pace, you know, doing doing your route. Um, uh you know work fair and honest it's just some of the most basic simple stuff that back then I was blowing them off but for some whatever reason it rung in my head so if you're a new member listening to this and 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 you got a high seniority or someone's who been around the block you know just give them a listen see what they have to say and if you're high seniority and you have been around the block and you're not giving back you know just just you know give back start giving back a little bit start start you know a little bit of information here and there um before we close out, you know, I appreciate you man. You've you've what you just explained is what you have helped me do as you've kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh you know, there there was a point before I became a steward where I was really, I don't know, I was really introverted. I really didn't care about my I, I don't know, I think it was something with me, but when I became a steward and and you kind of you helped me, you helped groom me a little bit with that. You you opened my eyes to a lot of things. So I thank you for that. You're welcome. Man. Um, Pleasure's mine. You, 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 you are. You, you do and you do have influence. So whatever you're doing, I suggest keep it up because it worked <laughs> with me. Um, but it, if you could give yourself brand new Nick Berry, teamster in the door, first day on the job. If you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would you give yourself back man. then? Jeremy
1: coming from outfield with the haymaker That's, there. That's a great question. Something simple. It could be you know, I, there's just so many things, and I'm not a short-breath person, as you know, and most people that know me know that. Um, get involved. Just, just short and simple. Get involved. Because you can't know you really don't like something until you give it an honest effort. And it's such a simple saying, but it just rings true. Get involved in your local union. It's your local union. When I talk to my members and they go, the union this, the union that, I go, hey, it's, it's us. It's not me, it's not you, it's us. It's our union. It's your union, it's my union, it's ours. And the only way to really make it yours is to get involved and to get involved. And the power of an activated and educated membership is priceless. It really is, you know, it really is. And I'd love to see our union hall packed on membership night our membership meeting night and when we offer these seminars and these classes to have it be standing room only um i understand it's tough with schedules and all that stuff but just man see long-winded but just get involved i think that's good advice
0: i I wish i would have got involved when i first stepped in the door i cared i had passion but i was passionate about partying too so i mean but i i think that's great advice you know we, we need a lot of young leaders young people stepping up and it it shouldn't be until you hit your thirties for you to start getting involved. But as with that, thank you for joining me. Um, Wind it down now. Uh, Maybe we'll follow up with a future interview down the road, get a little bit more detail. Thanks. You bet, Jay. And that concludes our interview with Nick Berry, uh, Teamsters local union, 315 business agent. Uh, I want, want to thank Nick for his time. Um, Again, it was a late night for both of us. and, and, you know, I'm glad we were able to knock it out. He, he was more than happy to oblige to the interview request. Um, you know, we, we kept the interview real general. You know, hope you, hopefully you guys got something out of it. Um, you know, he explained his role as a, as a business agent. And, you know, I, I can vouch for the fighting that he does for us. I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've seen the accomplishments. I've seen him in arbitration cases. Uh, so, I mean... Just know that, that you're in good hands when, when, when he's taking care of our business. Um, you know, if if you ever see him coming through the building, you know, say what's up to him, introduce yourself to him, uh, pick his brain, ask questions, you know, just, uh, you know, he loves seeing people interested in, in the union. He, he loves answering those questions, man. He, he will talk shop all day. And, uh, that's why we vote for him, because he's passionate about what he does, and, and, and he's a fighter, and he fights for us. So, you know, again, I, I want to thank Nick for the interview. Uh, hopefully, you guys got something out of it, and, you know, best believe I got more interviews to come. Uh, this is Jay Ridge, Northern California's Local 315 member, and uh, Thoroughbred Teamsters podcast. Check it out. Later.